Welcome to Innovative Insurance Professionals Podcast, where we provide relevant strategies, insights, and interviews to help agents compete in a digital insurance landscape. How often, when you're speaking to a prospect, do you hear the phrase, I want to think about it? This can be a frequent and frustrating roadblock for a lot of agents, especially when you're confident in the services you provide. Fortunately, the use of a good, insightful rebuttal can help you to get around this obstacle. And that is exactly what we will be discussing today. We are now joined by leading professionals David Denning, Rene Cabrera, Vincent Chan, and Grant Miller. Gentlemen, welcome. So today we're going to talk a bit about the rebuttals to I want to think about it when uh, prospects um, may just be using that to kind of get out of making decision then, um, maybe don't want to come back to it, or really are they voicing or not voicing other objections that they actually have when they're stating this. And so um, we're going to be talking about that, um, what rebuttals to use for it, what works, why they work, um, as well as just maybe chatting a little bit about the new year. Um, we want to hear about uh, your uh, holidays, your time away. Um, did you did you work? Did you spend time with family? Did you do both? And then what your 2019 goals are and uh, how the the group and how uh, we can help with that, as well as other agents in the group as well. And, you know, we all want a successful 2019 uh, for for everyone. So, Renee, uh, how was uh, how was your holidays? Oh, oh yes, yeah. my New Year was awesome. We had, uh, we had such that. a great time. Spent time with uh, with family, <laughs> friends, and yeah. The good thing is uh, we didn't really have any plans. <laughs> Yeah. Except relax, watch Netflix, and uh, hang out with the wife and the kids and my parents. So that's all I wanted to do, and it was accomplished. So very happy. Yeah. Yeah. We, we spent a bunch of time with family, a little work, but mostly just spending time with family, which is a little work too, but in a good way. So, <laughs> Sometimes it's a lot of work. Food and probably gained about 100 pounds. So I'm going to have to play a little tennis to work that off. So um, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring uh, one of the agents on with us so we can get rolling. Um, everybody can just uh, continue to join us as, as we go. But I'm going to bring on Vincent Chan uh, to speak with us. So Vincent, I'm going to bring you on right now. Let's get you added to the broadcast. And All we're right. there. Hi, Vincent. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Oh yeah, happy new year to you all. Yes, happy new year, Vincent. Happy new year. You have a good holidays. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, kind of nice and relaxing. We did take a trip um, around uh, around Christmas. We went to Sedona. Beautiful. It's just kind of a great way to just kind of chill with the family. Um, Yeah, and now I'm ready to go for 2019. Kick 2019 off. Yeah. After a little little rest, rejuvenation, which is always always good, very important, often overlooked in the industry. Uh, that's very much focused on hustle, hustle, hustle. But that's part of the deal too. So, so yep. when when you have a prospect, uh, you know that you're chatting with um, about their their insurance needs or you know what you can do for them, and you get to the point where they say, "I want to think about it." What what would you what would you say at that point? Like for me, um, the first thing that I wanted to confirm is I hear um, what kind of questions they have in mind, and I would try to 
um, articulate the best I can to figure out whether or not um, they understand the concept that I have gone over with them. Um, was it the features that might have been a little too um, complicated for just kind of general public to consume? Um, or is it the number that doesn't make sense to them that is you know, working a little um, outside of the budget that they told you that they're working with? So I would try to, first of all, get a confirmation as to why they are hesitating in staring at the proposal that I thought I was working and have designed based on the parameter that's a, that they have given me. If I've, if I've done everything that they have told me and then they yet still have hesitation, I want to find out exactly where and help them be able to tell me. Exactly, and I, I agree with that. That's great because really it's not, it's it's not that they you know want to think and consider it. It's it's probably that they have an an objection or hesitation that they just aren't aren't mentioning at that point. Um, and and really it's about digging out what that is and then addressing it. Because honestly, when when I say I want to think about something, it's usually because I want to end the conversation or get out of it, or I have something that that I didn't feel that was addressed that is really a. a a real hanging point for me in making a decision going forward. And if and if I don't decide then, and I and that conversation ends, most likely I'm not going to come back and and make that decision in the future. So it it is important to figure out what what the reason is that they they say that and to then address that. So I think I think that makes perfect sense with uh, digging that out and finding out what area of your of your presentation or what you're speaking to them about is is that they want to think about and then further clarifying it so i think that's that's quite important so absolutely, uh Renee? yeah i just have yeah, a question, have a question. So, vincent, so vincent is, is do you find, do you find this to be the most common um, um uh, question that comes up or not not even a question just statement that i want to think about it is this pretty common occurrence with the people you meet with um I, I don't think it's uncommon, especially in the first meeting. Um, and it really depends also on the prospects. Um, you know, so, some people are a little bit more savvy about the different type of insurance products or investment products out there. So when you go over the concepts with them, um, they can understand, you, you can see that, you know, light bulbs are going off. But for some people, um, you know, it might be the first time that they are hearing the difference between term and whole life or you know everywhere in between so um and depending on the personality some people are a little bit more analytical they wanted to kind of pause and analyze the lump number some people always want to do their own research before committing to anything so so i think that personality come into play as well um but i always try to you know make the observation to see what type of personality that i'm dealing with and then I would try to pause and ask them to confirm whether or not they understand what I'm saying before I move on. Um, just so that I can gauge whether or not it's informational or is it like economical in terms of the numbers that they're not agreeing with or they have something else in mind. Um, you know, they might have already asked a few other agents from other companies beforehand and give them some information. So they want to take the time to kind of, you know, vet out what I just told them before they feel comfortable making the decision. So it could be different factors. So my expectation is that the first meeting, uh, you people need to think about it 
um, um, I'm not surprised, but I'm trying to get better at confirming exactly what's, what they need to think about. Um, if I can address it at that meeting um, and have them confirm that, you know, everything that I've answered is satisfactory, then I'll ask them, you know, specifically what they, what they, what more do, would they need to think about? Absolutely. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, so, so Vincent, where, where, where are you located? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay. And what, what lines do you focus in? Life. Life. Okay. Uh, yes. Any particular, particular area of life? Um, you know, whole life, um, you know, I work with Neo Life, so, you know, um, our whole life product um, lineup, you know, is very solid. Um, but, you know, clients come in, obviously, you know, especially those that are younger, um, they might or might not see the importance of having something permanent. Um, you know, we, we'll go over different options in, in terms of, you know, term as well. So... Absolutely. So, what, um, what are your 2019 goals? Yeah. So, um, you know, with within our company, you know, we have different we have different council goals that we have, and one of the council goals is to go to Quebec City. And uh, me and my wife actually went on our honeymoon in Quebec City, um, so we would love to be able to go back with the kids. So that's kind of you know um, career wise. Um, one of the, the goals that I'm aiming for. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I love, I love, uh, Quebec. Um, my, uh, my wife, Elle, one of the admins of this group also, uh, has an uncle who's French Canadian and aunt that live there. And we love visiting, particularly in the summer when it's not, yeah. cold. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, love, love me some poutine. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, Quebec's beautiful. Have you, uh, have you done the the laser show at the cathedral there? No, I don't think we have. No, I, I don't think we even knew about it. It's a it's a special one that they're having. I think they're having it for like three three to five years, but it's uh, okay. absolutely amazing. Like it's right. this uh, audio sound like laser presentation thing there. I don't know. It's a quite the experience. So next time you're up there, I would definitely uh, check it out. We. We went um, yeah. on the holidays and it was it was great. So, um, okay, um, uh, Vincent, if you if you want to, uh, do you want to hang around and chat? I'm gonna have uh, Grant hop on with us too, and we can have all four of us. Or if you need to go, you're uh, you're welcome to to hop off. Uh, it's up to you. Um, yeah, but, well, yeah, I'll, I'll hang for a little bit more, but yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Let me bring let me bring Grant on too. Grant, you're coming on. Love hey, hey, Grant, can you hear us? Yeah, how's it going? It's Good. going well. Good. Happy New Year! Thanks to you guys. So, so Grant, what, what, uh, how were your holidays? What, what were you up to? Oh man, uh, a lot of working. You know, I took like Christmas off. I think like so. I, I'm always working from home, so it's uh, or a lot of times working from home. We've got the agency there, and I've got my office manager who pretty well takes care of things. So makes things a little easier on me as far as being able to work on other projects. Awesome. Absolutely. And what, and what, what is one of those projects that uh, just wrapped up that we may be hearing about in the group uh, maybe today? Hey, that wasn't a, that, that wasn't a, a subtle pit. <laughs> no, but it, I mean, yeah, we've got the, the chat bot has really been our, our uh, kind of pet project for the last few days. And we finally got that wrapped up. It's, 
pretty basic still, but it's it's a free tool for agents. So you guys know about that. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll post something in the group about it pretty soon here. Awesome. Look look forward to that. So, uh, so the actual uh, purpose of the Facebook Live, we're talking about rebuttals or or what what you do once the the prospects mentioned i want to think about it after you've uh started to have a discussion with them and talk about things so what what do you uh what do you do at that point or how do you how do you handle that yeah i think that so so there's a lot of i think it depends a lot on the context for one but i think it all goes back to and what i would train what i train you know my people on is it if somebody isn't closing the reason is because you haven't convinced them obviously that there's enough uh, values for them to either give you their time or money. So um, I think you've got to circle back whenever you, whenever you decide, whenever somebody tells you, Hey, you know, well, I need to think about it. What they're really saying is you haven't told me what I need to hear to convince, to convince me to give up my time or money uh, for you, for what you're trying to sell me. You know, and so I think you circle back and uh, I think I heard and I, I, for, I didn't hear the name for the guy who's on here. Vincent. 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 OK, I think I heard Vincent say that um, that you would try to find out why, uh, why they need to wait. And I think that's important because that's going to tell you what their real objection is. So when you say, well, you know, what is it that what is it that, you know, that you really need to wait on? They're going to say something like, oh, I need to wait for payday. Okay, so it's the price. You automatically know that the objection is price then. Uh, or they're going to say, well, you know, I want to wait for the holidays. And so their objection is time. They're not willing to give you their time right now because they've got something else more important. And so once you ask that question, you can really key on where you need to continue building value. Absolutely. It's uh, about digging out what what the actual issue is and what yeah. that is yeah people so. will never people as you know people will never uh tell you what the real problem is <laughs> they'll make every excuse in the book it's amazing and i don't think people even do it on purpose you know it's like it's just natural to like give the quickest easiest answer uh, quickest easiest objection when really there's you know there's always something else and it's usually only one question away you know like well why why is that well, because I don't have time right now. Or, or sometimes it's two questions away and you have to kind of figure out what that is. So if you ask why and they say, well, I got the holidays coming up, um, you automatically know it's time. You could ask one more question. Well, why does that prevent you from doing it? And they would say, I'm busy Christmas shopping or whatever. So it's, you know, one to two questions under the surface of what they really tell you almost always. Absolutely. And, and what's the likelihood of... Uh of that meeting ending with them. I want to think about it and them actually coming back and making a decision and, and moving forward with something. Rare. Unless, unless I mean, I'm not saying it can't be done, you know, but if, I mean, you, you always want to, there's, there's a thing called the trial close, you know? So you always want to go for the trial close and that's, you know, you, you, they, they give you a, an objection and you say why, and then you try to overcome that objection. I don't like to push on past one, one, trial close you know so um if they're if, if they give you that and you say well um you know you, you come up with off the top of my head i don't have any context so it's hard for me to say what i would come up with but you you give them a reason 
why this is more important than, you know, important enough to give up their time. And they again say, well, you know, I just, I have to leave here in the next hour to go Christmas shopping, let's say. I, I don't push on beyond that. I mean, we're not used car salesmen, you know, we're insurance, insurance sales. So, you know, but it's always good to go for that one time to overcome the objection. If they give you that same objection in a row, then I just kind of let it be. If they, if they say, yeah, that's true, but you know, this other thing, then I'll probably try to overcome that objection and, and try to, you know, meet all of their objections with a reason why it's important that we do it. But if they, if they're standing firm on one objection, I'll just, I'll let it go and reschedule for another time. And what, uh, what would your, what'd your follow-up process look like at that point? If it looks like you're not going to be able to address those right there or that they really do need to some time reason go Christmas shopping or something. Yeah, I never would let them off the phone without scheduling another appointment. So if they say, you know, I don't have time right now and you say, okay, yeah, no problem. I'll follow up with you. All right, thanks. Bye. You're unlikely to, I mean, not unlikely, but you know, there's less of a chance that you're going to get back, get another opportunity. Whereas if you say, okay, well, what would be a better time? You know, and they say four o'clock on, on Monday, and you say, okay, well, I'm going to put you down for four o'clock on Monday and I'll send you out a confirmation. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. You know, they're more committed to, to coming back in and resolving the issue. Yeah. So, so I know this is, we're talking about rebuttals, um, but what, what is, what are some things that you can do prior to showing up? And what I mean is, um, you know, as far as, you know, being prepared for them to sign on the dotted line as soon as you get there. Um, or asking specific questions or even, you know, giving specific statements like you, you are looking at, you know, spending X dollars per month, you know, based on whatever the policy is. So kind of, kind of, um, qualifying them upfront before the meeting. Um, because the last thing we want to do is, is really show up knowing that nothing is going to happen. Right. Right. So what, what are some of the things that you typically do to qualify them before you show up? Yeah, so I think that the, the biggest objections always are price, time, um, and talking it over with a spouse. Those are the top three things. Um, and so I think in your first appointment, when you're going, when you're when you're collecting all the information and going over the you know the proposal with them, I think you want to try to knock those objections out right on the spot. So you know your first meeting where you're working that quote. I wouldn't, I never really, I try to go for a close, but I never really expect it. But what I would try to do is uh, knock those objections out. Okay, great. So we've got this worked out for you. How is the price? You know, is that something that fits within your budget? Yep. It's something that fits within the budget. Okay, great. And uh, do you think this is something your husband or wife would, would be okay with? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to love it. Okay, great. And what's going to be a good time for us to go ahead and close this out when you're going to have plenty of time to, to, to knock it out? Oh, you know, um, December, December 18th. Okay, great. So I'm going to put you down for December 18th and we'll go ahead and get this knocked out. So now whenever you come back to that appointment, you already know you've covered the top three objections that anyone's going to have. Um, and, and, and they're not going to feel very comfortable making an excuse that it doesn't fit in their budget, that they got to talk to somebody or that they don't have time right then because those are already off the table. Exactly. And I think if we pre-qualify them, like you just, like you were just mentioning, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing that up if they say, I want to think about it. Right. 
right. one of the things we could say, hey, you know, when we, you know, before we met, you mentioned that this was within your price range, right? The second one was you mentioned that, you know, you spoke with your, your spouse and they agreed that this is something that needed to be done. And three, this was a good time. Right. Right. So I definitely think there's nothing wrong with that without, without being pushy. Right. We don't want to be pushy because we if they still want to think about it, we do want to get them hopefully at a later date. But again, I think letting them know that, hey, <laughs> you were pre-qualified, <laughs> you know, you kind of agreed to this. Um, yeah. Like, you know, so is there a different reason? But yeah, um, yeah. when I was in, I was in uh, auto sales, we used to do a lot of that. So we would just cover the top of their objections. We'd say, okay, if I can get your payment to this, if I can get your, um, you know, if I can get your monthly payment to this, you know, you already said that they agreed. If we can get you to these, we would write down all of the qualifications, like right. Basically, yeah. if I can get you to all of these and we put a little X, would you, would you agree to, you know, to buying this car today? And and once you've covered those things, they have no reason not to. They sign. Now they feel even more committed to the process. And uh, and so you take that to the sales manager and say, hey, they need to get $50 off this payment. And other than that, all of the other things are met. And and so we've got a deal. They knock $50 off the payment. You go back and say, great, we got a deal. And you reach your hand out and you shake their hand. That's a little bit more of a pushy process. But yeah, of course. Of course. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I would say specifically for tire kickers, because we, we always have tire kickers. There's no way to 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 eliminate those people. But, um, you know, definitely because what we don't want to do is continue to waste our time with with folks that we know. They absolutely know what that they need, what we're offering. But, you know, they're, they're just constantly in the pro this whole loop of I got to think about it, I got to think about it, I got to think about it and always come up with some sort of objection. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know if maybe that's what you were just saying, but yeah, that's a good way to eliminate those people. You know, if yep. you can't get them to, to trial commit, you know, maybe follow up with them next month and just touch base, but it's yep. don't spend a ton of time on it. Gotcha. Awesome. And, you know, I, I would also add, and then, you know, maybe at the end I'll ask for your feedback as well. Uh, you know, sometimes what I what I do is, um, you know, especially people who might have never um, purchased um, life insurance, you know, within the family, you know, they have no experience from their parents. This is the first purchase. It's kind of like, in a way, buying a car they, or buying a house. They feel like, you know, every decision that they make financially, it's a lifelong commitment. Um, so um, sometimes what I what I would um, provide them, you know, options for is that just explain the application process um you know um with the application medication ex and, and phone interview um the steps that are involved um and then i would also mention to them that you know you can we can proceed without you know committing without committing you know the first month premium you don't have to pay um on on application um but at least you can find out what your rating it's going to be um so you don't have to guess. And then at the end, you still have the option of declining the offer, um, even after we issue the policy, just to kind of lessen that fear of commitment in, in some people. Um, um, you know, depending on the client, if they have family, if they have young kids, you know, I, 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 I would highlight the fact that, you know, if you do, you know, pay the first month premium, your um, temporary insurance will kick in um, so that is something to consider if you are um, concerned protecting your family. So, again, depending on the person that's in front of me, you know, I would try to address um, 
their needs. But um, I have cases where um, you know people will uh, proceed with the application, um, and you know I sometimes people do get caught up in like this the tiniest thing. Um, for example, they 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 just won't um, call back for the you know uh, interview to answer all the medical questions. Um, they have gone through the medical exam, which to me was like the hardest part. But you know. But it's, it's the easiest thing to me. It's just answering the phone call for, you know, 15, 20 minutes that they wouldn't do. Um, and then they just let the application expire. So I don't, you know, I don't know if you guys have encountered those type of situations where they need to think about it in the sense that, you know, they, you know, they don't want to move forward, which is completing, you know, the, the application. Yeah, uh, I, I, so I, I actually, I actually like that. Group, and I'm glad you brought that up. You guys, here, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm actually glad you brought that up because um, that's, I think that's one of the um, really good ways of of um, getting them through the process. Just men, you know, mentioning that, hey, let, let's get to the process. Let's fill out this application. Uh, you can always decline it at the end, um, but at least gets the ball rolling, right? Yeah. So that so that that way they've taken some sort of action before you walk out that door. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, no, I think that's I think that's great um, on uh, on really how to to dig out what the issues are with with that specific uh, uh, objection. Not not even that it's that's that's not really even the objection. The objection is probably something else, which is what, which what is what you're digging out. So I think that's some some great advice, and uh, I think uh, uh, I really appreciate you guys hopping on with that and uh, providing that insight. Um, Grant, while we were on, got you on here, uh, what uh, what are your 2019 uh, goals? My 2019 goals are to get. Uh, as many people on Agent Alive as we can, and uh, and get our marketplace up and going. I wish is there a way to screen share on here? I mm, I don't know if the guest can screen share. Uh, I can screen so, share. So we've got is this. Uh, I can pull up? Well, I don't. It's on Envision right now, so it's just in design right now. But okay. um, but we've got a marketplace coming, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, you know, once once we get enough agents on Agent Alive. We're going to open a marketplace where we'll drive traffic to um, live agents, um, uh, I guess, virtual offices inside of Agent Alive to their custom URL website. Um, and so I'm really hopeful that by the end of this year, hopefully by the end of this year, we have enough agents that we can have a robust marketplace um, and, uh, and be able to launch that. So. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. And then... Um... I think uh, this connecting uh, agents with uh, dealerships, uh, car dealerships, uh, is also pretty interesting. Yeah. So looking at looking at that, um, get uh, Jeff O'Neill on here at some point to to chat about that maybe a little more. Um, looks like we got Renee back here too, so I'll get him back on. But um, yeah, no, I think that'd be great, and uh, especially with uh, Agent Alive's uh, kiosk, getting that in there and making it just real easy for people to immediately get quotes as they're purchasing cars. So, yeah. and I'm really interested in that idea for other, 
other areas and locations as well, just besides uh, dealerships. I think that's really, really great to be able at at specific locations where you would be considering insurance and thinking about insurance and needing a quote to be able to get that immediately. So I think that's the definition of convenience. So um, yeah, definitely inspections, apartment buildings, you know, wherever it might be, you know? And so, yeah, that, that'll be, that'll be cool. That there's just a, there's just a lot surrounding agent alive that we want to do besides getting individual agents using it. Auto markets, the renters' markets, and then the actual marketplace itself, um, where where just organic internet traffic, where we can send that to. But just trying to get the agent relevant again, you know. I mean, it's not that the agent's gone by any means, but you know, it's fading to the background of people's mind. People are seeing Insurify and Lemonade and Root and all of these options to get insurance online, and the agent is just fading and it's I think they're fading so slowly um, that agents aren't feeling the pain they're just incrementally feeling it I can tell by talking to them that it's happening, but like almost want, don't want to embrace it or something you know I don't know but um, it's just uh, we're working on stopping that process yeah and I mean and the insurance agent I mean uh, sorry insurance industry itself is a very old mature industry that uh is not always the quickest to change so that's why i think uh these insure tech companies are definitely catching the industry uh quickly and uh and uh catching them off guard maybe slightly because uh it's it's not used to something changing this quickly so um do you have any uh you or vincent have any uh 2019 predictions for what may be changing in the industry i think i uh brought up an article um yesterday or the day before discussing some some trends uh that may be happening in 2019 to 2020 for the industry especially on the insure tech side so uh what 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 might we see in 2019 slightly changing maybe majorly changing in the insurance industry well vincent take that over if he wants well you know I, I i don't know if i have anything to add i'm relatively new to the industry um yeah no i I would love to hear, you know, what what you guys have to say. What what do you what do you sorry uh, what do you think about the uh, insurance tech side and about uh, the the companies kind of coming in with these very streamlined, uh, very convenient, easy processes for people being able to pull quotes or apps or for insurance um, online, uh, maybe not even ever interacting with an agent. Um, and what does that kind of signify with, especially with them, um, potentially adopting a lot of automations, a lot of, uh, digital marketing technology into it to where it's, it's really becoming quite advanced, especially looking at, uh, potentially integrating artificial intelligence into the sequences and stuff as well. Um, I know on the PNC side, it's certainly started to take market share, um, with like Lemonade, Metro Mile, like uh, Grant was mentioning, but on the life side, it's I mean it's just a matter of time uh, as well. And I know there's some companies uh, starting to to look to come in there as well, especially to capture the the millennial market. Um, so I guess I guess I would ask uh, how much uh, how much of your your time and your your prospects and clients are potentially these younger generations um, that may be looking at. Um, insurance from a different perspective or lens than maybe some of the, the older generations and baby boomers. 
Well, you know, I would say about 20% of my clients are um, 35 years old or younger. Um, but, you know, these people are intentional about not just insurance, but, you know, the overall financial planning, which is the service that I provide. Um, I go in um, not just transactionally deal with, you know, the one-time purchase, on my insurance, I you know I'll sit down. My process is to go over um, the budget analysis with them, um, and those are the type of clients that I really want to engage. Um, you know, if leads come through, they just want to buy insurance. I'll definitely won't say no to that. But um, my personal practice and preference is to uh, work with people who are mindful about their lifelong financial planning, just so that you know I can be a service to them working alongside with them individually and then eventually as they evolve into having their own family to work with their entire family. So, um, you know, people who are just looking for quotes, um, that's not necessarily my target market anyway. Um, I do think that, you know, if you, if you look at life insurance as just one of many components that needs to be considered um, in building your financial future, um, People need to sit down and talk to someone and getting a quote, it's, it's, you know, just won't yield to that opportunity to, for them to find out more and hear feedback from, you know, a working professional. So, yeah, so, you know, while I can see that, you know, people who buy a new car, they, you know, or a new home, they would need a PNC, you know, um, insurance quote, um, it's more of a commodity. Um, I, I don't look at life insurance as, as that. So so that's kind of my feedback. Um, I, I don't think agency working with a real person um, with, you know, real life experience will ever go away. And so, yeah, and I, so maybe, maybe some more applicable um, technology and companies uh, to to you specifically um, for the wealth management uh, side as well is have you have you heard or, or looked at uh, Wealthfront or uh, think the other one's Better Management before? Are you familiar with those? I haven't, but I recently um, because some of my clients have you know used it. Um, I yeah, I'm trying to actually I think it's called Personal Capital. Um, so you can actually get on, get online. Um, you can, you know, punch in all your investment website password, your bank password, and then everything will be all on one place. And then they supposed um, to also have a financial advisor that will set up a meeting with you. Um, so I, I've gone through that process. Um, for the first time, um, my financial advisor meeting, uh, my financial advisor supposedly, um, um, to meet me that she didn't even show up. So that that actually resonates to my previous experience when I was working for, when I was working with, you know, um, these larger investment firms. Um, you know, like the personal touches, it's just not there, even though the convenience, you know, is something that they champion uh, or that they promote. Um, so, you know, having that experience, I, I feel like this is actually something that I, I have it in my back pocket to say, um, you know, um, well, it's great that you, you have a website that can help you consolidate, you know, your financial picture, 
some of the analysis that's being provided are very, very generic um, and it's not applicable to my situation. Um, it makes it sounds very urgent, um, but when you when you dig deeper, it, it's it's not relevant in all cases. So at the end of the day, I do feel that you need to work with someone. Um, yeah, so so that's again my personal experience. So imagine imagine that you're going through YouTube, and I know we've all been on YouTube, and you watch a certain set of uh, types of videos, right? Conservative videos, maybe, or you know, liberal leaning videos, or whatever it might be. If you're into politics, or maybe it's skateboarding, whatever it is that you're into. Um, and then all of a sudden YouTube comes up and they start showing you things and you get stuck in a rabbit hole. And there's a reason why you got stuck in that rabbit hole. It's because YouTube and big tech is very, very good at deciding what it is that you need um, and what it is that you're interested in. And so it's not going to be very long before um, before these big tech companies, and they're already jumping into insurance right now. You see huge investments from Google and huge investments from Amazon um, jump into insurance, and they're able to create an algorithm based on your financial situation and what your future goals are and provide you with financial products. And it might still be a hybrid in the beginning, but it'll slowly, it'll, it's going to, just like everything else, you know, just like, just like Toys R Us and Sears and everybody else said, people want to go to the store and shop. They, they like that in-person experience. They want to go, and now they're out of business because they didn't see the internet coming. And, and these tech companies are extremely good uh, at delivering products and services to you that you as the consumer want to want and need. And so financial products are no different. In fact, I would argue that a financial product based on a set of inputs is easier to it's easier to provide a financial product to somebody and tell them, hey, based on your the criteria you've entered, these are the financial products and life insurance products that are going to be good for you um, than it is to pick out somebody's favorite pair of jeans. But yet they're able to deliver the right size, the right shape, the right brand, everything that goes into such a personal decision as clothing or food or, or anything else like that. It's no different than, uh, than delivering you a consolidated financial uh, plan. And it's not all the way there right now, but you've got personal capital like, like Vincent mentioned, um, but that's pretty generic. I'm talking about a full on, um, a full-on algorithm that, that that's going to deliver you the ideal option uh, for your portfolio. And that, I mean, it, I'm of the belief, I hate to go directly against what Vincent's saying, but I just believe that, that that's what's coming if insurance agents don't step up and make themselves accessible on those similar type of platforms. So I think that a human can do that and people would prefer to talk to humans, but hey, you know, we see it time and time again, Amazon's taking over the market because the truth is, as much as we want to say people need a person, that's just simply not true anymore. I could literally run my entire life without leaving my house via Amazon and Uber Eats and you know everything else that, that is available today. And so it's a nice thought that people have to talk to a human, but it's just simply been proven over and over that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't disagree with the fact that, you know, um, I, I, I agree. Everything that you said is true because you know at, at the end of the day, it's data input, right? Um, so, and it's the technology catching up with analyzing all the detail and be able to provide with a solution. Um, so, you know, I would agree that um, any insurance company, if they don't 
invest the time to develop those you know, technology solutions to at least meet the requests and the demand uh, from the clients, you know, I, I do think that they will go away. Um, you know, uh, I guess what I'm also saying is that uh, while, you know, uh, the trend is to, you know, to go that way, um, you know, I, I'm just highlighting the fact that intrinsically, some people do at the end of the day want to talk to, to people. So I, I don't think agency, um, you know, service provided by an actual human being will ever go away. But, you know, I, I do see that technology will catch up at some point that it's going to be placed most of what we can provide. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think we're in agreement, but um, I, you know, while that trend is happening, um, you know, I um, just on a personal level, I was always try to differentiate myself from the rest of, you know, the agency out there. Um, and, and also with, uh, you know, global technology that's available. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 my premise, what I can control. Marcus said that's always going to need that in-person visit. The question is, how much of the market are we going to let technology take over before we realize, uh, you know, we look back in 10 years and say, uh, we're 10% of the market now, where before they were 10% of the market, and that flipped in 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree. And and I think it can happen fast and catch people off guard. And so I think agents now need to be making decisions and looking at what the next, you know, couple of years look like as far as adapting to that. And I think we all agree that, you know, agents are always going to have a, a place and an importance uh, in, in the process and in the industry. And so it's really the focus being in the next, you know, couple of years is making what they do and that process very convenient, streamlined and easy for the consumer, like what these insurance tech companies are doing. And then other than that, they're, I mean, they're going to beat out the insure tech companies if they can do that. Um, and also provide that advice and insights that they're, they're going to know more about, um, than particularly some algorithm depending on what it is. So, and I do think even on the financial side, I do think um, in certain situations, yeah, you can plug something into an algorithm and maybe get an ideal in output. But I do think when you're dealing with like high net worth individuals, there will certainly always be a demand for that personal service. And you're starting to get a little more complex than what um, most algorithms are probably going to be able to handle. Plus it is it, at that point, it really is that, that personal service connection that they're paying for and that they want, and they want to feel like they're, they're getting that, that service. And I think as, as, uh, technology kind of continues to advance, the personal service, I think will be valued more as long as it's convenient and easy. Um, anything that's going to take more effort and time is, is gone. I mean, and it will be gone. I mean, just look at Blockbuster and, you know, some of the, some companies are just just didn't adapt. They didn't change. And so no one wants to have to go walk physically to a store to pick something up, bring it home. Remember to return it and not get late fees and everything. I mean, convenience will win out. But if it can be combined with personal service, then that's what's going to win at the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I would say that. Yeah, I, of course, I agree with everyone. But I would say. Agents need to get better at what they do, right? They have to. I mean, we've, and David, you know this. We, we, I mean, how many people did we meet with yesterday? I think you met with seven and I met with three or four, right? So, and we see it every day. I mean, a lot of agents don't understand what they're selling. 
They have no support. They don't want to embrace technology. They don't want to spend money. And some of them hate talking to people, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and it's a truth. So, how do, you know, I, I think agents really need to get better at, again, at all these things and embrace technology, right? I mean, know what you're selling. Look at things like Agent Live. Look at, you know, potential online marketing opportunities. I mean, there's just so much that we can improve on today to make money today um, instead of worrying about what's going to happen, you know, two or three years down the road. Because at the end of the day, these people are probably not going to even be in the industry, right? I mean, how many people have we talked to that are like, hey, what can you guys do? I'm about to close my doors. Uh, and we're like, well, we're just, we can't do anything. <laughs> if you're about to close your doors, then, then, then close them, right? So... Again, how how can we and, and and even with the uplines, right? How can we better train the people that are under us, right? To embrace technology, to to spend the money they need to go knocking on doors and and stop complaining that you know no one is calling them back. Well, you know what? It's a numbers game, right? If you contact, maybe you need to contact a hundred people, not ten. Um, so I think there's a lot that we can do to improve now. Um, which again is embrace technology and understand what's what's out there, right? Um, if you have a system like, uh, and I'm just saying Agent Live because it is a system where it's it's technology that is convenient. Like, why wouldn't someone take advantage of that now, right? Why wouldn't someone market online instead of waiting for people to, to you know knock on their door? Yeah, and if you and if you don't embrace whatever it is, yeah, I mean. I try to say it too, like when I'm when I'm talking to people, uh, whether it be about Agent Live or not, it doesn't have to be this, but let's let's create a movement here of let's do something. You know what I mean? Here's a free chat bot. Here's a you know some marketing tools or whatever it is. But you've got to like you can see it. I know that you can unless these there's some there's some that are older guys. Vincent, what's the what's the uh, median age of your client? Uh, I would say forty. So that's typically I'm hearing like 45 um, and and it's like that's the typical response that I get. And I'm like, well, that's the those people are number one. They're not going to last as long. They're going to die. And then also you're missing the people with the biggest amount of of spending power. And I'm not talking about you, Vincent. I'm talking about in like the industry in general, the PNC agents and all the guys I mostly talk to is like, sure. um you know, Gen Z and millennials right now have the have the big the largest market share, the largest buying power of, of any of anyone else. And and almost every agent that I talk to is like 45, you know, 45, 50. And it's like you're missing the biggest part of the market here. So where are those people going? Who are they going to? They're going to the convenient. They're going to the people who they can go to, whether even if it's a real agent and, and they answer on um, on surveys. They answer two questions, which are kind of right now don't go together. They answer that they would like to they would like to do business with a real agent. They also answer that they prefer to do business on their phone. So how do those two mesh? They don't usually. And so now they've got to make a decision. But why would you not allow the biggest the biggest person in buying power right now or the biggest group in buying power to not have to make that decision? How about you do some things that allow you to be able to allow them to do business on their phone and also do business with an agent. It's a simple fix. I mean, not that simple, but you know, th there's fixes out there. You know what I mean? It's, that's available. If, even if it's not agent live, there's, 
you can piece together a bunch of little softwares and get really good at it and, and do it that way if you want, whatever you want to do. But, but man, let's everybody recognize, or I know that they recognize, how about everybody take action now? Now that you know, because I know that you know, why don't you take some action toward, toward changing things, you know? So yeah, I get a little hyped up about it, but it's, it's just like, I shake my head, you know, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do you, let, let me ask you this. Do you, um, e- either one of you, do you guys, do you try to cater to, uh, I mean, I mean, what age groups do you, do you typically target? I mean, if if you know that, you know, the people that want to buy insurance online through Agent Alive are going to be younger folks, is that your specific target? Or, you know, Vincent, are you, you know, if you're looking for someone, if you don't want to just quote, right, if someone's looking for a quote, they can go, you know, get a quote online but if you're looking to be more of a financial uh, advisor i mean what is your target are you going after millennials or are you sticking with you know those who uh who are older uh for, for me um you know I, I try to work with uh my immediate network so we have two kids they go to elementary school so uh, elementary school uh parents Hello? Yeah, we can Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, you know, the elementary school age parents um, who are usually in the late 30s. So, yeah, in your, so, in your age, Grant, I mean, who's your target audience? Look, I think Vincent's talking to Renee. Oh, is he? Sorry, I can't hear him. Uh, can you hear me, Renee? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear everybody. Go ahead, go ahead Vincent. Go ahead, Vincent. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, you know, I was just saying that, you know, my uh, immediate networks will be my target market, and they're usually, you know, um, families with um, younger kids in elementary school age. Um, so um, these people, usually both parents are working, um, so they're busy. Um, and I, I think they're also, you know, when, when I have a conversation with them, it's not just addressing one need. Um, and I, I, nev- I would never position myself in doing that either um, so that we'll have the opportunity to sit down and have some share stories. So that's kind of my hook. Um, you know, I do, you know, I, I went to business school and, um, and I graduated a couple of years ago. Most of my classmates are millennials. Um, and some of them are my clients. And so uh, many of them will come and talk to me um, just because, you know, I'm positioning to be someone who might be a few years ahead of them. So I can give some, you know, real insights about how to prepare for life uh, ahead of, you know, where they are currently at. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about like career advancement as well. So, um, you know, I, I, w- I would have to say, I understand that they're looking for convenience and many of them do. Um, many of them wouldn't talk to me until they feel like they get to a point where they have saved enough money or whatever. But, um, but that's kind of how I position myself. Um, you know, I'm not there just to give you a quote. I'm there to, you know, share, you know, um, our experience and how we can help each other out um, just to handle life issue in general. So that's, you know, um, I, I, I don't know if, like, this is kind of like one man trying to, you know, find the tidal wave of, you know, technology, which is obviously inev- inevitable, um, but, but, Again, within the trend, this is, you know, how I think people will still have a chance of, you know, uh, surviving in the industry just based on um, the service that they provide. 
Vincent, you're not the odd man out at all. Trust me. I talked to I've talked to uh, you know, thousand, you know, starting to get into the thousands of agents now um, about this whole thing, and you are, I mean, you are right in the majority. So I mean, this is what this is what everybody you know pretty much believes. So I hope you don't think that like anybody's trying to convince you that, you know, that it's, that it's not, I mean, that's just the way people do business right now. And, and, uh, and so I guess, you know, it's not, yeah, you're not out of, you're not out of line with most agents. I, I promise you that. Good to know. Um, and I, and I think, and I think too, with like talking about millennials, like specifically, um, and them having the largest buying power, it was very interesting in some of the statistics I've seen lately that a majority have have never been approached about life insurance at all. And so it's not even not even that uh, they're not interested. It's just they haven't even been approached or educated about it. And so it seems very interesting that that hasn't been a large focus or a market that a lot of agents have targeted and gone after because it seems like almost that the competition wouldn't even be nearly as great as other um, generations with no one no one even going after them. I don't know if it's a, a myth about them not having the money or not being interested or not thinking about their futures, but that's that's not true. And so it really is um, a pretty pretty open market. But we we millennials are very particular in how they want to go about um, making their decisions and go about uh, connecting and interacting uh, with, with this process. And so it is very different from past generations as well. And so maybe that's where the disconnect is. And so that's, I think what we're kind of discussing here. And as they become the larger and larger portion of the market, um, especially the generations after them, which will be even more similar, um, you know, what, what does that look like? And so, and for some older, older agents, um, it, it may not look like much change at all before they're, they're, they're retired and, and done in the industry, they've, they've got a big book they can sell or retire on. Um, so it's not, you know, as critical to them. But if you have a downline and a bunch of agents underneath you that are younger and gonna be there, uh, not adapting for their sakes or encouraging them to adapt and take advantage is a, a disservice because they're gonna be the ones who are gonna be stuck not knowing what to do besides, you know, traditional marketing and watching, you know, the ROI decline year after year. So I think I think it is important, especially if you have agents underneath you, um, even if you are getting ready to leave the industry, um, that you're you're looking at making changes and adapting for for those um, agents as well. So, yeah. Well, that'll be the downfall of the industry. I think that'll be it. So if if these agents that are in charge right now don't adapt and, and, you know, start to do business online. Um, and we're already having a recruiting problem now is, you know, younger people just aren't entering the insurance space like they were. And so, um, you know, what will happen is, you know, these, these, um, these older agents will, will retire and I'm sure they'll be fine. Um, and then that'll leave, that'll, create a vacuum for tech companies to come in and sweep up all that business that they neglected all that time. And also you have to think of, um, you have to think of the, you know, LTV. So what's the, what's the LTV of a 50 year old versus a 27 year old? I mean, they own businesses too. You know, we, we own homes, we own businesses. We own, we need life insurance. We need financial products. Um, they're out there. The people that still prefer to do business that way, 
um, and, and also are going to be good clients. Or let's say that you get a 26 year old just starting out in their career and get them on a term policy to start. Now you've got that client, you know, for, for many years to come, the LTV on a, on a millennial is much greater than an L, the LTV on a 50 year old who's already in the money. Absolutely. And I think we can all agree on that as well. And, uh, and I think this is certainly uh, a great session to, to continue and potentially have a whole nother uh, Facebook live discussion on, because I think there will definitely be a lot of input. We have, I've looked at the demographics of our Facebook group here and we have everybody across the board in, in here, um, you know, from all age ranges and all over the country. So I think it'd be very interesting to have this discussion with a wide range of, of agents in the group. So we may, uh, we may set that up for next week because I think that is a, a good discussion and a continuing discussion as the industry continues to adapt and change. So um, it has uh, pretty much been an hour since we've been on. So I know we've got stuff to get back to. I really appreciate you guys taking all the time to hop on and chat um, about all this. I think these are uh, important things to chat about. And we did chat about, uh, for those listening, we did chat about the rebutt rebuttals uh, a decent bit as well, if you go back in the video after it's posted. Um, and uh, I think we pretty much covered that as much uh, as that specific uh, rebuttal can be covered. And so I think there's great information in there that a lot of agents here can use. Um, thank you guys so much for hopping on with us. We really appreciate it. and. Uh, you know, all, all working together for uh, an awesome 2019. So um, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Keep fighting the good fight, Vince. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys as well. All right. Have a good one. Yeah, you guys have a, a great rest of your day and uh upcoming weekend. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Take care.